Majora's Mask. Chapter 41. They. When Link exited the South Clocktown Gate, the sun rained over Termina from its midday perch. He couldn't remember the last time he'd felt this good starting a journey. On his first cycle, he'd stumbled into Termina Field as a Deku scrub, hiding the growing dark magic in his chest. The second time he entered Termina Field, he'd carried the newfound loss of Anju and the horror of his scar's growing corruption. The third time, he'd run for the beach, sprinting to save Tattle's life in the final hour. Most recently, he'd been injured in the back of a wagon. Now, Link stood tall with Tattle flying beside him. Without his missing hat, his untidy blonde hair was open to the sky, and a new shield covered his scabbard too. It was the same size as his Hylian shield, and bore the Clocktown door's artwork. Colorful red markings curved around two half-shaded cyan circles. He'd also purchased a new bow and 25 arrows. It was much less intricate than his previous bow, given its inability to produce fire, but it made long-range combat possible, which was the important part. The bag holding his bow and masks was new, but he'd purchased the same one in a previous cycle, another perk of time travel. Though Tattle seemed to disagree. That can't be the same bag, Tattle said as they left Clocktown and headed for Romani Ranch. It doesn't make sense. If you take something out of the time loop, it starts being regenerated by the Song of Time, right? Why do you say that? Link asked. I'm pretty sure the bow I stole from under Woodfall is there again now, because in this cycle I never took it. But what about the ocarina? The fairy asked, rehearsing details from the first cycle she'd missed. You stole it from the Skull Kid, and when you went back in time, he didn't have it anymore. That's different. I think when he realized he didn't have the ocarina, the memories from the previous cycle came back to him. How is that different? Tattle said. Your ocarina is an inanimate object, like your bag? It's a magical inanimate object, though, and the reason we can time travel in the first place. Tattle rolled her eyes. You can't just use the word magic for an explanation, that's a cop-out. Ah, but it's true, Link said. The ocarina is one of those things that time travel can't duplicate. It's not affected the same way. It's almost like the rest of the world is going back in time, but things like the ocarina are sort of... Anchors, I guess? They don't change, no matter what. Anchors? The fairy furrowed her brow. I guess that makes sense. What makes an anchor an anchor, though? I get that the ocarina is magic. She rolled her eyes before she continued. But what about other things? Link remembered something the mask salesman had said. You, me, and that mask are the only things here that are real. Everything else out there is merely a magic trick. Actually, he said, maybe it has nothing to do with Ocarina being magic. It's because the Ocarina isn't from here. It was brought into Termina. The Song of Time teleported Link to the clock tower doors every cycle. But the rest of the world rewound itself for any Hylian people or objects. Suddenly, it made sense why the mask salesman had traveled back with them 
and why his ocarina hadn't duplicated itself. The Skull Kid's memories had returned because of Majora's Mask, since the dark magic was from outside of Termina and couldn't be duplicated or left behind either. But then he remembered Anju revealing that the Skull Kid had first arrived in Termina through the clock tower doors. If that's true, then the Skull Kid isn't originally from Termina, he thought. So why didn't the Skull Kid travel back in time with me, my ocarina, and the mask salesman to begin with? Link thought. The imp only ever started time traveling when Majora's magic got linked with the ocarinas. There was either a flaw in his theory, or a missing, crucial detail. Tattle interrupted his train of thought. Got it. Another perk of not being a shadow, huh? That's not what I meant. I know, but these discoveries about Termina still get to me. The whole, there's something special about this place we haven't discovered yet, is a great idea and all. But until we figure out what that is, it's just fluff. Link had no reply, because she was right. Tattle sighed. <sighs> I guess that means if you, the Ocarina, the Mask, or the Mask Salesman die or get destroyed, if your theory is true, then you'd all be gone for good. There wouldn't be another version waiting. Well, the Mask Salesman is already dead. Link said, unable to hear anything else she'd mentioned. I shot him in the chest with lightning, and when I looked over the railing, he wasn't moving. This time, it was Tattle's turn to withhold a response. Link narrowed his eyes. Is there something you know that I don't? No, Tattle said. The last time I saw him was when he handed me over to the Skull Kid. But he did have a lot of powerful masks. You don't think he could have healed himself? I doubt he could've before the moon killed him, Link said. But even if he did, he wasn't hiding underwater behind a shield of boulders unlike us. We played the Song of Time after the moon fell, so he would've been flattened no matter what. Maybe he has a way of leaving Termina. How could he possibly do that? I don't know, Tattle said. How could he possibly come here in the first place, or bring you? All we have are fake memories until you woke up on that Deku flower, right? Did he drop you down a hole and jump in after you? Or did you just appear there? We really have no idea how he goes between worlds, so he could have easily used the same device or spell again. You almost sound like you want him to be alive, the hero said. You do remember that he killed Zelda and tried to kill you? I wanted to turn me into a shadow by forcing me to leave you behind, making me an emotionless husk. As awful as being a shadowy, emotionless husk sounds, the fairy said with bile, I'm just being practical. I understand he was a terrible person, but if he's still alive and still has that redead mask, or any of them really, then we still have to worry about him. And speaking of being practical and prepared, there's someone else we have to worry about now. Link recalled their new killer's crimson eyes. Dark Link. You never gave me a proper explanation for how he came out of your chest, because I watched you absorb him through your fancy little black mark in Woodfall Temple. So how exactly did the Skull Kid pull him out? Magic? Link said, smiling at the fairy's resulting irritation. You're hilarious. I honestly don't know how. He put his hand over my chest and pulled out some dark magic while you were sitting in that trench. I'm assuming Majora's Mask gave him the power to do that. 
but he obviously only pulled out some of it, and it happened to be the bit that was Dark Link. What stopped him from pulling out all of it? It burned him, Link explained. Like the Great Fairy said, it's not just Majora's magic in my scar. It's mixed with something else that hurts the Skull Kid. Do you think that means Dark Link has both of those powers inside him too? And can travel back in time? Link considered. Yes. The only difference is that he hopes the darkness wins in him. And I need the light to win in me. Darkness and light. That reminds me of what the masked salesman told us. Tattle said. Remember? You can't leave this place before you've chosen between the light and the dark. Oh, Link said, only just then remembering. Right, but now that we know what he really wants. Right, but now that we know what he really wants, he was probably just manipulating us. Light and dark are broad, vague words. I don't think he was referencing anything specific. Tattle nodded. You're probably right. But even then, he was accidentally right. That battle inside of you is something we should take seriously. I don't want you to lose control and become another apocalypse demon of Majora's. Another Dark Link. Let's just hope the light burns Dark Link away first, before the darkness corrupts me. Or maybe Dark Link could turn into an angel that fights by our side, Tattle said. If darkness corrupts, why can't light do the same to them? Link smiled. What would an angelic Dark Link even look like? A halo, wings, lots of self-righteous platitudes, Tattle said. Or maybe whatever you keep turning into, with those white eyes and hair. Link's expression darkened, but his fairy maintained her upbeat attitude. Hey, your transformation was a good thing this last time. I'm happy you finally got healed. It was getting hard to look at you with all those cuts and burns and bites. If you want to be a hero that inspires people, you can't be looking like a wagon ran over you 20 times. The scars left from Link's burns in the poison swamp, bites from the monsters in Woodfall, and multiple scrapes, scratches, and bruises along his body had all been healed by the Great Fairy. Even the long, slender cut in his leg had healed, which had been there since the start of his journey, from where he still didn't know, since the Skull Kid robbing Epona had proven to be a fake memory. But his leg was now free of the mark. The only thing that remained was the large black scar on his chest, in both his human and Deku scrub forms. I was seriously about to stop looking at you all together, Tattle said. I can't be seen talking to ugly people. Knowing my luck, I'll be ugly again soon. I have a feeling it won't be much longer before I take another nasty fall or something. At least you have some masks in that bag to cover your face once that happens. Link looked up at Tattle again, smiling. You're not very nice, you know that, right? Tattle laughed. Listen, I have a lot of catching up to do. In my absence, you're running a deficit on insults and sarcasm. I'm graciously taking it upon myself to fix that. Romani Ranch's small house was perfectly intact. A red-eyed shadow had never burnt it to the ground, nor had a grievously injured hero rested in its bed. Link heard cows mooing long before he neared the barn as he walked along the dirt path snaking through the vast field. Only a few trees dotted the farmland, and each had a balloon tied to their branches. Link eyed them curiously, noting their orange shade and the crude, frightening faces painted on them. 
They seemed to represent yellow-eyed monsters with dark faces, though Link had never seen anything like them in real life. When they approached the house, Link immediately saw the empty horse pen. Oh, she's gone, Link thought with sadness. Where did Epona go? On the last cycle, Kremia had told him they found his horse before the first day, which meant she should be there. His stomach twisted itself into a knot. A little girl ran to and fro in front of the empty horse pen. Romani was an entirely different person. Each step was a skip, and she wielded a toy bow aimed to the sky. One eye closed. She released the string and watched an imaginary arrow arc high, laughing when a small white dog barked at her ankles to join in on the fun. She giggled, fleeing from her pet as they played a game of tag. When Romani noticed Link and Tattle, she stopped running, but never lost her smile. She ran up to meet them, and Link's puzzlement grew. He hardly recognized the ranch. On his last visit, it had been empty and devoid of life and hope. Now happiness was everywhere. Hey, who are you? She said matter-of-factly, rocking on her feet as she confronted them. I'm Romani, just like the ranch. What's your name? Link, he said, trying to push the empty pen to the back of his mind. And this is my friend, Tattle. Tattle's a beautiful name, Romani said. But Link, hmm, how about Grasshopper? That's the name Romani gives you. Link balked but Tattle was quick to give her support. That's a good one, his fairy said. Why didn't I think of that? Yes, Tattle agrees with Romani. Tiku Head is now Grasshopper. I'm not Grasshopper, Link said, but he saw by Tattle's smile that he was far too late to stop it. You're the image of a Grasshopper, Tattle said smugly, always hopping around and chirping. See? Romani said, her smile much more genuine than the fairies. You're wearing green clothes and you patter about when you walk, so grasshopper it is. Link sighed, ignoring his companion's silent gloating. Ah, oh, man. Do you know where Kremia is? Probably in the barn? Romani said, shrugging. Thanks, Link said, though he hardly took two steps before Romani stopped him again. Romani was practicing she said in the third person again. For tonight. Recollections of Romani's catatonic self from the last cycle returned to Link. He remembered Kremia claiming that something happened to her on the first night, which would be tonight, which meant there was still time to prevent it. Practicing? Link asked. What's happening? Romani's face became sullen. They are coming. They? Tattle said nervously. Link remembered Romani's distant mumbling. We need to... to practice, Kremia, before they come. They come at night, Romani said then. Every year, when the carnival approaches, they come riding in on a bright, shining ball. A whole lot of them come down, and then they come to the barn. My older sister won't believe me. But Romani must protect the cows. Romani's explanation seemed incompatible with the reality of her suffering last cycle. This story sounded like the ramblings of an overimaginative child. They come to take the cows? Link asked, doubtful. Yes! She exclaimed. Every year! 
Who are they? Link asked. They're ghosts. Ghosts? Tattle scoffed. What would ghosts want with your cows? To get revenge from the giants. Link's eyes widened. The giants? Who told you they were involved? Anja's grandma, Romani said. She tells me stories all the time, but this one's real. I know it. The cows have been acting really weird, and someone's smashing the bottles. We have to practice. Romani turned away from them, squeezing one eye shut as she drew the string of her toy bow again. It was aimed at the nearest orange balloon with a monster face, and she released the string. She smiled, making a short popping sound to imagine its defeat. Link and Tattle exchanged another confused glance as the young girl ran off. There's no way she knows what she's talking about, Tattle said. But she mentioned the giants, Link said. Those are real, and it was real how messed up she was last cycle. Okay, but everyone knows about the giants, Tattle said. It's a story all kids in Termina know, and there are a million other stories associated with them, so it's not surprising that one of them happened to be about ghosts stealing cows. But obviously something's going to happen to her. We can't leave her. I'm not saying we should, the fairy said. I'm just saying that cow thief, giant-hating, little girl kidnapping ghosts is probably not what we're actually dealing with. She's, what, ten? Besides, if these ghosts are stealing cows, how exactly does she get caught up in the mess anyway? Maybe she gets kidnapped trying to save the cows, Link said. And don't judge her because she's ten. I was that young when I left my home in Hyrule. Tattle shook her head. Your age doesn't add up to me, Grasshopper. The only explanation I have for you is time travel, since I guess you did that a bunch back home too. You're what, a 55-year-old man trapped in a teenager's body? Link laughed. I don't know about 55. Well, until we get a time travel expert to determine how old your mind is compared to your body, my point stands. She has way less experience than you. Romani ran to join them again before Link could reply. Hey, Grasshopper, I'm recruiting for an assistant right now. You're a boy, won't you try? Link hesitated, noticing Tattle's smirk. Sure he said. Anything to help fight the ghosts. Great! That's the spirit, Grasshopper. Let's get into my strategy now. Oh, Din. Tattle sighed. They'll appear all over the ranch, Romani said. They'll aim for that barn and approach it slowly, so hit them with arrows so they can't get in. You got that? I think so, Link said, deciding against wasting too many arrows on the balloons. He found it hard to balance his skepticism with his desire to help. And you mustn't leave the ranch, Grasshopper. Let's practice right away. There are ten ghost-shaped balloons in the ranch, so hurry and burst them all. If you take over two minutes, you're out. Your current record is one minute. Are you ready? One minute? Tettle asked, looking to see how spread out the balloons were over the large ranch's field. Who did that in one minute? My... Romani exclaimed cheerfully. From right here! She drew her toy bow and pretended to shoot an arrow in every direction, smiling when she brought it down and looked at the fairy. See? Yep, Tattle said, her voice dripping with sarcasm. Impressive. But I want you to use a horse, Link. Epona, the hero thought immediately. 
He watched Romani run toward the barn, and his heart leapt. Wait right there! Romani called back as she passed through the doors. Link turned to Tattle, and he immediately noticed that she did not share his optimism. Do you think? I don't know, the fairy said. If Epona did come back in time with us, then she should have vanished from her pen and appeared wherever we were in the forest. Maybe Romani is getting her, Link said. Maybe they just found her after she disappeared and brought her back. Maybe, Tattle replied, though she left it at that. When the doors opened, Romani let out a small horse, but it wasn't Epona. Link's optimism faded like ice-cold water thrown over a fire. He swallowed his disappointment as he walked to meet the girl and her horse. His name's Stinky, Romani said, petting the young steed's nose. He was born and raised here. Link feigned a smile, petting the horse as well. Is this the only horse you have? No, Romani said, looking down sadly. We found another horse in the woods without an owner yesterday and put her in the pan. She looked lost, but when we woke up this morning, she was gone. We guess she jumped the fence. Link's optimism immediately returned. So that horse is still out there, he said, beaming. I guess, Romani said. She was hard to put in the pen. She didn't want to go. That's definitely Epona, Link said, still smiling. A song of time worked, he thought. She's out there somewhere. Epona? My horse. She was stolen from me and brought here. That's actually why I came to Termina in the first place. You're from outside of Termina? Romani said curiously. Link braced himself for her to start acting weird or to avoid the conversation, but the opposite happened. The young girl's expression widened with excitement. That's amazing! I've always wondered what was outside of Termina. Is it beautiful? Yes, Link said, admiring her open-minded reaction. Maybe the two of us will get along, he thought. But I can't go home until I've saved this place, and one of those steps is helping you fight the ghosts. Romani leapt with excitement. You're a hero, Grasshopper! I knew you'd believe me! She gave her horse a quick, skeptical look before addressing the hero again. Stanky will never do. We need to find your horse. She led the unfortunately named horse back into the barn, leaving Link and Tattle alone again. His fairy was quick to temper their expectations. You'd better not set her hopes too high. Why not? Link said. You don't even believe the ghosts are real, so there's nothing to worry about. But the moon is real, Tattle said gravely. And we both know we're not saving Termina from that on this cycle. The next time Link looked around at Romani Ranch, he saw a plain of ashes. Hope threatened to leave him until he shook away that pessimist's voice. How many times do I have to tell you, Tattle? We can't go on thinking that way if we want to save anyone. Romani ran to rejoin them, Sans horse. Do you want to start looking in the woods? We might not have to, Link began, if she's close enough. He pulled the ocarina from his belt. What's that? Hmm. My instrument, he explained. It's the ocarina that made me a hero. Romani appeared fascinated, obviously ready for a lengthy story, but he put the instrument to his lips instead and played a song. He noted Tattle's brief panic, which abated once she realized this was not the song of time. 
The new melody was much more rustic and jovial, but it sounded just as beautiful. Both she and Romani listened, and when Link finished, he smiled, putting the ocarina back onto his belt. What song was that? The little girl asked. Epona song, Link said, and mere moments later he heard hooves in the distance. The hero ran to greet his horse with nothing but joy fueling his steps. She broke the tree line and galloped to meet him, neighing contently when her white-maned self finally reached her companion. Link threw his arms around her neck, holding her close as he petted her. Epona, he said softly. Tattle watched from afar with Romani as Link and his horse were reunited. I swear to Nehru, Tattle thought, that boy's big heart is going to get him killed. But for now, he was happy, and that made her happy too. So, you're his fairy, huh? Romani asked, snapping Tattle from her trance. Oh, she said. I, I guess. We're friends, but I'm not his or anything. We're both on a mission. To save Termina? Yeah, the fairy said smugly. To save Termina. But you can't even fight. What do you do to help him? The fairy balked. What do you mean? I help in lots of ways. I, I carried his sword when... She paused, realizing that running from your burning house in the future wouldn't land well. When we were running away from a monster. So you carry his stuff? No. She exclaimed. I also, uh, uh, stopped him from turning into a demon thing. A demon? Romani exclaimed in shock. Well, that's not what I meant, she said. Like, as a figure of speech, you know? He wasn't actually about to turn into a demon. Romani looked at Tattle in obvious confusion. You don't make any sense, strange fairy. After unfastening a final buckle, Link pulled Epona's new saddle off her back. He tested it today and was grateful for Kremia's generosity. He and Tattle had spoken with her and pretended it was their first meeting. Kremia, thankfully, had easily conceded that Epona was Link's horse. The hero hung his new saddle on the barn wall and pet Epona goodbye as he left. Link crossed the lawn and entered the sister's house with Tattle at his side. The home was exactly as he remembered opening into a small kitchen and living area with a staircase in the back. Only one new item had appeared, Link's Hylian shield. It lay against the wall with the crest of his homeland, bearing a familiar gray outline with blue, red, and yellow iconography. It was battle-worn, but completely intact, displaying a history of scorch marks and enemy blades. Link eyed his shield cautiously. I left that behind in the wagon. Link remembered, which meant, after playing the Song of Time, it had randomly appeared in the middle of their lawn on the first day. He looked up to the two sisters. Romani set the lunch table while Kremia finished her soup. You can't tell them that's yours too, Tattle whispered, or else you'd have to explain everything to them. Link nodded solemnly. I guess I'll just have to buy it. Why not take it? Tattle said. Snatch it as you're playing the Song of Time when you're done in this cycle. The new Kremia and Romani will never know and there'll be no harm done. Link glared at Tattle. I'm not doing that. Tattle sighed. <sighs> Nothing's ever easy with you, is it? Easy is rarely ever right, Link said, 
eliciting yet another groan from his companion. But this also proves our theory about the anchors. The shield is from outside of Termina, so it went back in time with us even though I didn't have it on me. Right, Tattle said. More non-shadow perks. Don't let a half-person like me challenge the wit and intellect of someone who's actually full of pers- Is everything okay? They both turned to see Kremia eyeing them from the table, her soup finished. Link realized he and Tattle were rather suspiciously whispering to each other in the doorway. Yep, the boy said, entering the house fully. We just really liked your shield. It reminded us of home. They all convened around the table, breaking off pieces of bread from a loaf and filling their bowls with Kremia's lunch. We found it in the yard when we came outside this morning, Kremia said. We have no idea where it came from. Link took his chance. Is it for sale? I bought mine from Clocktown, but this one looks a lot nicer. He paused, watching her and hoping she wouldn't charge him more than the 32 rupees he had left. I'd be willing to give you this shield too. I don't think I can carry more than one. Kremia smiled. I'll give it to you for free if you ride with me tomorrow night. I'll be delivering my milk into town and can always use the protection. And the company. Suddenly, Kremia's hospitality made a lot more sense. She was a good-natured person, but free lunch and a saddle was a lot to offer a stranger, even if he had watched her little sister for most of the day. The hero could easily offer her protection on her journey. Grasshopper has to train with me today, though, Romani said. He says he's pretty good with a bow, but I want to see him in action so we're prepared for tonight. He might be too tired to ride with you tomorrow. Kremia retained her smile. I'll make sure he has plenty of rest after you train. Riding into town won't take an entire night. Exactly, Link said. I'd be happy to take you into town tomorrow. The hero found Romani endearing, but it was nice to talk to an actual adult. The young girl's enthusiasm had grown tiresome pretty quickly during the day. Good, Kremia said. I'd hate for anything to happen to me or our shipment, especially since I'm so excited about this year's product. Have you ever had the Romani breed? My father left them for us, an inheritance from the heavens. Ah, Link thought. That explained where their parents were. The special Romani-bred cows are the source of Chateau Romani, Romani exclaimed, reciting a well-rehearsed talking point. The most desired of forbidden milk. Link watched Tattle restrain whatever snide comment came to mind as she chewed off a small piece of bread. The hero recalled a few cycles ago when he'd visited Latte, Clocktown's night bar. He'd drowned himself away in Chateau Romani after losing all hope, and its effect on his motor skills had been profound. It's a mystical milk that fills you with magic power, Romani said, continuing the pitch. If you seek the dreamy milk of Chateau Romani, please visit Latte near Clocktown's East Gate. Kremia nodded, just like it says in the brochure. Magic milk, Tattle said, unable to restrain herself. I wonder what that means. Kremia blushed. Well, that's a conversation between adults. Romani nodded, speaking between mouthfuls of food. That's what everyone always tells me. It's magic for adults. Oh boy, Tattle said, whispering to Link. Let's just beat these freaking ghosts and get the Dan out of here before things get any weirder. The ponus hooves were loud in his ears. 
The dirt and grass flew up behind her and left a trail, all beneath a fierce evening sun. Its waning rays wrapped around the town wall separating Clocktown from Termina Field. The wind was powerful in Ling's face, tussling his blonde hair with thin, sturdy fingers. He leaned forward as his horse's legs propelled them onward with the determination of a machine. It passed the trees marking the beginning of Woodfall, accompanied by the buzz of its insects and wildlife. Next, he continued on to pass the beautiful fountains outside the western gate. Epona's hooves clomped down on stone, eventually moving onward to echo off the hard rock of Snowhead's Gorge. Finally, they reached the clay of the mysterious eastern canyon. He noticed two figures riding on horseback near the canyon's desolate entrance, but it was too far to make out anything else about them. Eventually, the southern lands came into view again. Link pulled back on the reins, slowing Epona until she came to a stop. He remained on her back, smiling as he petted her soft coat. For a realm of shadows, this place is beautiful, Link reflected. The wind was refreshing against his healed face, and the evening was warm on his bare forearms. Today, the grass almost rivaled Hyrule Field's emerald green. But all he had to do was turn his head a little in the wrong direction, and the moon would remind him that this was not his home. This land was doomed to die, in this cycle at least, and it was hard for any other feeling to win out in this land of shadows. Stopping that would be another cycle's problem. Today, he would help Romani. We trained all day today, the hero reflected. Link's steady aim hadn't let him down as he tore through her practice balloons around the ranch. He wasn't exactly sure what to expect this evening. He doubted these monsters would appear round, inflated, orange, and stationary. Regardless, he had twenty-five arrows and years of archery training to aid him. Whatever came from Romani and her cows, he'd be ready. As Link led Epona toward the barn, the bright night's refreshing warmth felt palpable. Stars shone brightly around the dark moon, which hung over the realm's center, face slightly off from being slanted in the ranch's direction. Link's clocktown shield hung over his back, and his gilded sword and bag of possessions were ready too. He'd looked at Kremia's kitchen clock just before leaving. Hmm, ten minutes before two, he remembered. It's almost time. Romani's bedroom door had been closed, despite how close they were. The hero hoped she was still asleep inside. Maybe his actions this cycle had tuckered her out, and she'd oversleep the whole encounter. I'd prefer it that way, Link thought. There's no reason she has to put herself at risk. Tattle floated beside him and Epona as they walked toward the barn. Doesn't look like a ghost invasion is about to happen anytime soon, she said. Either way, we'll be ready, Link said, no matter what comes. He remembered Romani saying he would have to fend them off until sunrise. Which doesn't sound possible, he considered. Four hours is a long time to fight. He hoped she was prone to exaggeration. Yeah, but how long are we prepared to wait? Tattle asked. I know the whole none of this matters because once we play the Song of Time, everything reverts to how it was card doesn't work on you, but... I'm not having that conversation again, Link said, stopping in front of the barn. You know what my response will be. He climbed atop Epona's saddle, choosing to remain mounted in front of the cow's shelter. He scanned the late, innocent night for invaders. 
The land's only sounds, however, were the mooing cows and chirping insects scattered throughout the grass. The horizon offered no threats. Tattle smiled. One of these days, I'll break through to you. An annoying child will come begging you to save her toy octo stuck in a tree. And you'll say, beat it, urchin, because you'll finally be at your limit with all this hero stuff. And you'll apologize to me profusely for never seeing my wisdom before then. Link didn't grace her joke with a response. He wanted to remain focused, just in case there was any credibility to Romani's claims. But Tattle was not content in the silence. Link? She said. Yeah? The boy replied. She sounded serious all of a sudden. What was Navi like? That question caught him off guard. What? Navi, your guardian fairy in Hyrule? Link wondered what her angle was. She was motherly, Link said eventually. She was helpful. Even though every now and then she repeated herself a little too much, I was really young then, and she was almost like a parent to me. I loved her, and she loved me. Or at least I thought she did. Before she left. I, I think she did love you. Then why did she abandon me? Tattle considered. She came to rescue you at the last moment, didn't she? From the masked salesman? Something tells me she knew more than she let on. I bet she abandoned you to protect you. Link's stomach churned. He'd never considered that possibility and didn't know how to process it. Why do you suddenly want to know more about Navi? Before she could answer, they were interrupted. A high-pitched warbling noise cut sharply through the night, and Link and Tattle turned to see a ball of orange light rocket out of the woods. It was no bigger than Link, though it lacked any other features as it sped decisively for Romani's ranch. Link's eyes widened as he reached for his bow, but Epona reared up on her hind legs in fear. The hero's attention was redirected to steadying her as the orange sphere landed lightly on the ground nearby. He was distracted then, when the orb completed its task. It quickly retreated to the skies, but had left something in its place. They watched as the orb did the same elsewhere, tapping the grassy field and causing bizarre creatures to spawn after contact. They were small, hunched monsters with large purple heads, black stripes, and a gray face. Their bodies were purple too, but a tiny chest faded to nothingness. They possessed no legs. The creatures levitated mere feet off the ground, and the specter had eyes that shone more powerfully than any torch ever could. The uncanny lanterns guided the monsters as glowing orange hands raised up to stretch outward too. The creatures, one by one, drifted toward the barn at Link, Tattle, and Abona's backs. Once several had been spawned, the orange orb vanished, but it had done its job. Monsters now approached the barn from around Romani's ranch, approaching the cows in the dead of night. Ghosts. Link finally steadied Epona, who rightfully was mortified by the apparitions. The shrill, warbling noise only got louder as more ghosts appeared and slowly approached them. Oh, ho, ho, it's okay, girl, Link whispered to Epona, steadying his breathing as he retrieved his bow. What are they? Tattle exclaimed. Are you telling me that girl was telling the whole truth? 
Link drew back his first arrow and pulled the string taut, aiming for the closest ghost. The projectile met its target, and as soon as the pointed tip reached the ghost, the enemy vanished. The arrow landed on the ground behind it, as if the phantom had never existed. Link took no time to celebrate and fired another arrow at the next closest one. After the second ghost was felled, Link thrust Epona's reins forward and she obeyed. Link drew his bow back to aim at the others taking over the ranch. He shot a third, fourth, and fifth. The hero kept riding fast, refusing to slow down or take a break. His horseback archery training in Hyrule returned to him with masterful precision. Epona stampeded through the field after each enemy, and the ghosts were helpful before him. Until he realized, even more had appeared without the orange orb's aid. Now they appeared from thin air, and despite Link's determination, that horrifying, high-pitched alarm kept threatening to throw off his focus. Regardless, he pushed through. When Link drew his bow back to slay an eleventh phantom, one appeared right before him, materializing from nothingness. Epona reared back in terror, and Link barely calmed her in time to shoot the phantom before it grabbed him. He paused, looking around to make another horrifying discovery. They were now appearing at a much higher rate than he could defeat them. There were suddenly triple as many ghosts as there had been at the beginning. They continued closing in on the barn, oblivious to the hero's tireless efforts to stop them. Link looked up at the dark sky. Hardly ten minutes had passed. No! Link exhaled in defeat. Link! The boy turned at Tattle's voice. There's a Link spotted the ghost mere inches from the cow's home. The hero narrowed his eyes in determination, kicking his feet into Epona to quickly gallop. He passed countless other ghosts as he got in range of the biggest threat. Even though he was still too far away and Epona wasn't quite steady enough, Link drew an arrow anyways. He gambled everything as he prepared his next shot. But it didn't pay off. He slid from Epona's saddle and the arrow sunk into the dirt nearby. Link rolled painfully onto the grass. Epona stopped too, mere feet from the barn, and the ghost made it unhindered, placing its glowing hands on the barn's wooden exterior. The warbling sound immediately intensified. Link scrambled to his feet, watching as the orange sphere reappeared above the barn. The humming noise became mind-numbing as the victorious ghost returned to its vessel. All other ghosts around them stopped as well, lantern-like eyes gazing up at the sphere in reverence. A new shaft of light extended from the orange orb, washing over the barn like a spotlight. The roof exploded, sending chunks of wood raining over the ranch. The cows mooed in protest, but Link could only watch, dumbfounded, as the farm animals floated into the air one by one. The cows flailed their legs uselessly as they levitated, panicking, but unable to do anything as the ground's safety grew further out of reach. Each cow vanished the moment it touched the light, captured by whatever entity controlled the ghost's spotlight. What in the name of Nero is happening? Tattle exclaimed. Link uncertainly drew his bow, aiming it at the orange orb. However, when his arrow reached its target, the projectile vanished, and the cow-stealing spotlight continued its work. The hero lowered his bow in defeat, unable to intervene without knowing more about this enemy's nature. The ghosts won! Link realized. A neigh soon followed the cows mooing, and Link watched Stinky the horse become the spotlight's next victim. But the next scream belonged to a young girl. No! Link exclaimed. He sprinted for the barn, heedless. Link, wait! 
cattle screamed, but she knew she couldn't stop him. Romani lifted out of the barn's broken roof next, just like the cows and horse, her arms and legs flailing for something to save her, though the only thing around her was air. Her long red hair became a tangled mess, and her screams barely rivaled the ghost's cacophony of horror. Romani's toy bow left her hands, floating along with her toward capture. Link reached the barn door, but it was locked. He didn't waste a second, retrieving his gilded sword and slamming through the wooden entrance. It fell, completely shattered. Link sheathed his sword and stepped into the barn, another arrow drawn and pointed skyward. The ceiling was a gaping hole, and the barn had already been cleared of inhabitants. He aimed into the ghost's vessel, careful not to step into the light spread over the barn floor. Stinky was obliterated the second he made contact and Romani kept screaming, inches from disappearing herself. Link said a prayer and released his arrow. It soared through the barn's missing ceiling and narrowly avoided Romani. His projectile went straight into the orange orb's underbelly. Link lowered his bow, expecting something to happen. However, instead of the orb vanishing in defeat, Link's feet left the ground next. Though he'd been careful not to step in the spotlight, some invisible force pulled his legs out from under him anyways. He floated through the barn's hole swiftly, following close behind Romani. Ah! Romani shielded her eyes from the pulsating light, but she couldn't stop it. The moment she touched the light, she was gone. Link spun after her, immediately nauseous as the world became a blur. His bow left his fingers and kept floating beside him, he watched Romani's ranch spin further and further away. In the madness, only one solution presented itself to Link. His ocarina. But that'll... He thought desperately. I can't play the song and leave her! He had to try anyways. Link reached into his belt, but the spinning prevented him from grabbing it successfully. The ocarina left his hands too, and it continued rising alongside his fallen bow, Link squeezed his eyes shut as the orange light became too much to bear. Tattle watched as Link made contact with the light and vanished. The orange ball pulsated a moment longer and then the spotlight went out. The ghosts littering Romani's ranch vanished too and the sphere zipped back to the tree line. The ranch was left in a silent aftermath, once again alive with a crisp, bright night except only Tattle and Epona remained. They had taken him. The ranch was left in a silent aftermath, once again alive with a crisp, bright night. Except only Tattle and Epona remained. They had taken him. 
I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you're looking for ransom, I can tell you, I don't have any rupees. But what I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills that I use to pay the bills. Skills I have acquired over a very long, intense fairy career. Skills that make me an annoying nightmare for people like you. If you let my Tiku head go now, that'll be the end of it. I will not look for you. I will not pursue you. But if you don't, I will look for you. I will find you. And I will kill you! <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> <laughs>